It was not that Omri didn't appreciate Patrick's birthday present to him. It was, without a doubt, very kind of Patrick to give Omri a plastic American Indian. The trouble was, though, that Omri was getting a little fed up with small plastic figures, of which he had loads. Do you really like him? asked Patrick. Yes, he's fantastic, said Omri, in only a slightly flattish voice. After school, there was a family tea. Omri was given his dearest wish, a skateboard complete with kickboard and kryptonic wheels from his mum and dad, and from his eldest brother, Adiel, a helmet. Gilon, his other brother, had no money. So when his turn came to give Omri a present, Omri was very surprised when a large parcel was put before him, untidily wrapped in brown paper and string. What is it? Have a look. I found it in the alley. Inside was a small white metal cupboard with a mirror in the door. You might suppose Omri would once again be disappointed, but oddly enough, he was very pleased with it. He loved cupboards of any sort because of the fun of keeping things in them. I do wish it locked, he said. It's got a keyhole, said their mother, and I've got a whole box full of keys. Most of the keys were much too big, but there were half a dozen that were about the right size. All but one of these were very ordinary. This one was small, with a complicated lock part and a fancy top. A narrow strip of red satin ribbon was looped through one of its curly openings. Omri picked up the curly-topped key and carefully put it in the keyhole. The key turned smoothly in the lock. Hey, Mum, I've found one! His mother came to look. Oh, that one! How very odd! That was the key to my grandmother's jewel box. She was most terribly poor when she died, and kept crying because she had nothing to leave me. I threaded the key on that bit of ribbon and hung it round my neck and told her I'd always wear it and remember her. And I did for a long time. But then the ribbon broke and I nearly lost it. And now it's your cupboard key. Please don't lose it, Omri, will you? Omri put the cupboard on his bedside table. Why didn't you pop this in, his mother suggested, and opened her hand. In it was Patrick's American Indian. I found it when I was putting your trousers in the washing machine. Omri carefully stood the Indian on the shelf. Are you going to shut the door? asked his mother. Yes, and lock it. Just as he was dropping off to sleep, Omri thought he heard a little noise. But no, all was quiet. Omri lay perfectly still in the dawn light, staring at the cupboard, from which was coming a most extraordinary series of sounds. A pattering, tapping, a scrabbling, and, surely, a high-pitched noise like, well, almost like a tiny voice. At last, he cautiously turned the key and opened the cupboard door. The Indian was gone. Omri sat up sharply in bed and peered into the dark corners. Suddenly, he saw him. But he wasn't on the shelf any more. He was crouching in the darkest corner, half hidden by the front of the cupboard. And he was alive! Omri knew that immediately. To begin with, he was breathing heavily. 
His bare bronze shoulders rose and fell and were shiny with sweat. Omri and the Indian stared at each other. The Indian's eyes were black and fierce and frightened. His lower lip was drawn down from shining white teeth, so small you could scarcely see them. He stood pressed against the inside wall of the cupboard, clutching his knife, rigid with terror, but defiant. Omri didn't want to frighten him any further, but he had to touch him. He reached his hand slowly into the cupboard. The Indian gave a fantastic leap. His knife, raised above his head, flashed. He gave a shout, which even though it was a tiny shout to match his body, was nevertheless loud enough to make Omri jump. But not so much as he jumped when the little knife pierced his finger deeply enough to draw a drop of blood. Omri stuck his finger in his mouth and thought how gigantic he must look to the tiny Indian and how brave he had been to stab him.